Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Who was, uh, who was not here last week? We probably got some visitors. Give us a wave. Heaps of hands weren't here last week. Last week I shared uh, about living expectantly. And um, I'm going to share part two of that today and follow on from where we left off. But last week um, I started off by sharing... My last point last week was living expectantly as we're about to step into 2018 and as we're in that brand new year right now. But before that I shared about how... Sometimes it's easy for us to get comfortable and to live a life of where we don't want to be comfortable. We don't want too much change. We want to, don't want to take a risk. We want things to be familiar. We want things to be safe. And I sort of said, Who's, who likes that kind of stuff? And sort of said, yeah, yeah, I like to, you know, that. But, but that, those very things in our lives are the very enemy of growth in our lives. That will actually stop you growing. If you want to stay, keep everything controlled, keep everything the same, no surprises, everything familiar, it'll actually, you're not actually stepping out with faith, you're not stepping out with any risk, so to speak, and it keeps you very comfortable and actually will cause you to not grow and to stay stagnant. And uh, when water doesn't flow and stay stagnant, it goes stinky. And we don't want to be stinky people. We want to be people that are growing. And uh, well, that's what I want as well. And I know that uh, people out there say, yes, I want to grow. I want new things. I want God to do great things. And so I talked about that, and talked about that whole area of being comfort and challenged that area. And our last point was about living with expectancy because God wants us to live with expectancy. He wants us to live with faith, believing for the impossible, believing that God can do mighty things, that believing that God can do the miraculous, that nothing too hard for Him. And so this morning, talk about these things. Here's a, a phrase, I guess, that God put in my heart. Hearing leads to hope, and hope leads to faith, and faith leads to expectancy. Hearing leads to hope, hope leads to faith, and faith leads to expectancy. Last week I finished off by sharing a story about a group of people that had great expectancy. And I'm going to share that story again to start off today. And it says this in Matthew 14, 34 to 36. This is one of my favorite, uh, I guess, moments in the Bible with Jesus and, uh, and the reason why is when you find out what has happened before this. After they had crossed the lake, that's Jesus and the disciples in a boat, they crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret where when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed and they begged him to let, just, uh, let the sick touch at least the fringe I haven't got a garment or a robe on, but the fringe of his robe and uh, at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Everyone was healed. Everyone, the Bible says. And so the reason why this story is so powerful is because what happened before. Why were they so expectant? They just heard... People said, Jesus has just arrived, and all these people ran and told them. Ran and told, Jesus is here. And as soon as they heard, they got all, all their family members, their friends, whoever they were, they were sick, they would have been on mats, they would have been on crutches, they would have been, who knows, blind, deaf. And so 
He's sick, you know, dying. And so they grabbed them and, and they said, and they grabbed them all and they took them to Jesus. This area was not just one little village, it was ten towns. And so all people ran to all the ten towns and said, Jesus has arrived, and all the sick from ten towns started coming, and they were all healed. The reason why that's so powerful is because of what happened before this. In Mark 5.14, we read about what happened. Again, um, they had um, gone across the lake in a great storm. It was the time when Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And the disciples were scared, a big storm. I thought they were going to die. They woke Jesus up and he stood up, just said, be still. And the storm was calm. And they get to the other side and they arrive. And there's a guy called Legion, runs out towards Jesus. says, what are you doing here? Why have you come? And it wasn't him speaking. It was the demons inside of him. His name was called Legion because he had a legion of demons possessing him, which is 2,000. And so, which that's a lot. And so he, is, he was living in a cemetery in round the graves or whatever, basically, where they buried people. And he was being chained up. The only way they, the people in this same area, around these 10 towns, the only way that they would, were safe from him because he'd get violent was they chained him up. But he was so strong because of the demonic pos- uh, possession, he would break the chains. And so he's in there and he's running out. He's naked. He's got cuts and bruises and he's in a terrible condition. And he runs out to Jesus, what are you doing here? And these demons start saying, what are you doing? And what, what, do, you, what do you want from us? Because instantly they were scared because Jesus had shown up. And I'm convinced that Jesus went all the way across the other side through a storm to the other side of the lake just for this man. Because that's all he did when he got there. Met him and left again. And so this guy is there and he's basically says, what do you want? And, and Jesus starts speaking and said, well, you know, you, you have to get out. I'm going to get rid of you guys out. You can't torment this man any longer. And so well, and they said, oh, don't throw us into the, in Hades, in the pit of hell. Don't throw us there. Um, you know, throw us somewhere else. Take, send us somewhere else. They were totally like, Jesus, you're in control. These are the demons. They had no power at all. And so Jesus sent them, and the Bible says he sent them into a herd of pigs. And, uh, and, they, and the pigs then were on a hill and they ran over and they jumped over a cliff and all fell into the water. And so when the herdsmen and all that saw this, this is what they did. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. The crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. One moment, he's crazy, out of control, violent, and in one moment, he's sane because Jesus set him free. And they were all afraid. The people were afraid because this guy was normal so quickly and thought, what is this? Because they knew how bad he was. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Because they were scared of like this, what had happened. They couldn't understand it. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. So Jesus said, no, you stay and you tell them exactly what happened. So he went to town by town over a period of time and he told them about what Jesus had done. Now, obviously, he didn't know about healing. He didn't know about 
all that kind of stuff, but he just told them the story. And obviously, as, as they heard his story, they're suddenly thinking, man, if that can happen for me, I need, to, I need to maybe meet Jesus. Where is Jesus? And so they would have been asking where Jesus was. And, and they, oh, he's over the other side. He's traveling around somewhere. And, and they're in this one region. And they weren't going to, maybe some took off looking for him. But I don't know. But obviously a lot didn't. And so they just heard the story of this man. And obviously gave them hope. Because hearing about God brings hope to people's lives. Hearing the miraculous, hearing the stories about what Jesus can do brings hope to people's lives. And so they have all this. And then suddenly, down the track, we read again what I read before, that they had crossed the lake and they landed again at the same area of ten towns, when the people recognized Jesus that's the one he was telling us about. That's the one that set Legion free. That's the one that he was crazy, but he, he's, he's normal now. That's the one. Remember, he told the story. And so suddenly, they go, Jesus is finally here. So, of course, they ran and told everyone, Jesus is here. The one we've been waiting for is here. And they got all their sick. On their arrival, news spread quickly. They bring all their sick and begged him to let the sick at least touch the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Why were they all healed? Because their faith and expectancy was so great. Simply because they had heard what Jesus had done. One person had told ten towns the things that Jesus had done for him. He shared his story. And so hearing brings hope. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? This is talking about Jesus. And how can they hear about Jesus unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that's exactly what Jesus did. He could have said, yeah, get in the boat, come with me. But he said, no, Legion, you go. And tell them what has happened to you. Jesus sent him. That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Now that phrase in the uh, Greek, the original, How beautiful the feet, means this. It implies their arrival comes at just the right time. When you speak and tell... Tell someone about Jesus when you share your story, when you share what Jesus has done for you, when you share the good things that happen in your life. Whoever you're talking to, where the Bible says that when you share that, it comes at just the right time. There's never a bad time. There's never a wrong time. It comes at just the right time. We need to share the good news about what Jesus has done because it brings hope to people that need it. There is, there's hundreds of people in our city, there's thousands of people in our city actually that are actually living with very little hope. There's people, I meet, I've met people and they're walking around, their heads are down and there's, this has happened and that's happened, they're worried about this, they're worried about that and they, and they look for hope but maybe they just can't find it or they, they think, no, there's no hope, everything's bad, I just hear bad news, I hear this, I hear that and they just walk around without hope but they need to hear the good things that are happening. They need to hear about what God has done in your life. They need to hear about what is happening in this place, in our church. They need to hear it because when they hear it, it actually brings hope to their life, which triggers faith, which triggers expectancy. If 
God can do it for them, then maybe he can do it for me. If he can do it for them, he can do it again. If he's done it before, then he can do it again. It's not hard for him once he's done it once. Of course he can do it again. Then there's suddenly hope in their heart to saying, well, you know, I just never heard about this before, but now I have some hope. Where do I meet Jesus? Like the people in the towns. I remember having a um, conversation with a lady before Christmas who, was, uh, who came on a Thursday night here in church and we're doing the practice for um, our Christmas concert and her daughter was dancing uh, as one of the girls in the, in the dance team for her kids' uh, dance team and uh, she'd been in church for many, many years and she came and, and brought her daughter for the practice and was going to go again and she sat over here and, and sat down and then there was... Um, I sat down after, she's sitting there, and I went over to say hello, and there's tears streaming down her face. And she's been there for five or ten minutes, and the team were, the team were just practicing a, a song, a worship song. And she sat there, and she said, I haven't been to church for 20 years, and I'm just sitting here listening to this song, and everything I remember about church has all just been reminded about how good it is. She hadn't been for 20 years, and she said, you know, she was coming to the, the event, the concert, and then uh, and she said, I think I need to start coming every week. I, knew, I was just going to come for the concert, but I just need to be here every week. And I thought, she just sat in God's presence at a practice for five or ten minutes. And it was the presence of God it was the, that was, it was in, the, it's in this place. And so I just thought, how many more are sitting in our city? How many people are in your street? They may have went to church. Maybe they've never been to church. But it, as soon as they get in touch, they come in contact with the presence of God. It's like God does all the work. His presence just, just comes and washes over their soul. And suddenly they find themselves in a place where they're going, I need, to get, I need to know God. I need to be in the place where I meet God because they feel hope. They feel, they feel love. They feel His presence. And it's different to what is out in the world. When people come in touch with God, they encounter Him. It brings hope. It brings faith, starts to stir faith and expectancy of what God may do. John 12, 9 says this, When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Jesus had gone to meet at a house, at Lazarus' house. He'd raised Lazarus from the dead. I won't share the whole story. Uh, not too long before that, he'd been dead for four days. And people thought, you know, and they asked Jesus to come when he was sick and he didn't come, deliberately didn't come, I think. And uh, until he'd been dead for four days, he got there and everyone's going, it's too late, he's dead. Nothing you can do, Jesus, he'd been dead for four. If you'd only come, if you'd just come, you know, three or four days ago when we called you, he would have been still alive, but now he's dead. Everyone's upset, everyone's crying. And, and, and Jesus, even he wept, the Bible says, and he was upset when he saw everyone and he thought, it'll be okay. He just says to them, it's okay, just believe. Do you believe I can raise the dead? And he said, oh, and they said, oh, you know, when, well, when, when we, everyone's raised from the dead and the end of, end of days, yeah, Lazarus will go. And he said, do you believe I can do it now? Uh, I don't know. So he just walks over to the tomb and says, Lazarus, starts calling his name. Lazarus, come out. He tells them to roll away the stone. And they're like, no, he's going to stink. Don't want to do that. He's been there for four days. He's going to be smelling. Roll away the stone. And Lazarus, he calls him, calls him. And Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb in front of all these people. And he does an incredible miracle, raises someone from the dead. And so after that, they invite Jesus over for dinner. You know, the next day or so, and then all the people here had heard about what had happened, about Lazarus being raised from the dead, and they hear, again, they hear that Jesus is in town. And so they, 
go and turn up at this house. They wanted to meet Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. And then the next day, Jesus is about to enter Jerusalem. And he's where he comes in on a, on a donkey, on a colt, and, and walks in. And where you read about where he's walking through the streets. And they put palm branches down. And this is about a week before he's going to be crucified. And it says this the next day. In John 12, 17 to 19, many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That's the key. They told others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about the miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. He said, there's nothing we can do. Everyone has gone after Jesus. People came because people told them. The point I want to make is people need to hear you and me tell the stories of the good things Jesus has done. Because when you do, and whether that's in the streets, in a shopping center, down the beach, in your home, wherever that is, when they do, it will bring hope to their lives. And they'll say, where did, where, how can I find that? Where can I meet Jesus? And their faith will start to rise. Well, maybe there's something for me. Because I'm sick of the life I'm living. I'm sick of being in pain. I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of being just wandering around with no purpose in life. I'm I'm sick of all this stuff. And they'd say, but I, I, can I come to church with you? Can I come and meet Jesus as well? But if they never hear it, they'll never come. Good stories. And, and I found one through the week. Some of you may have seen this. It popped up on a, a video that was sent to me. We've got that ready to go, Shane. You got that? Yeah, ready to go. There's a, I'll just read it to you before we play it. It's called... Um, it's, I don't know if you ever know, but Waffle House. Waffle House is a, uh, a shop, a place, obviously, where they have waffles in America. And, uh, and I'll read this to you. Members of Grand Lake United Methodist Church, this happened just before uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve in uh, Salina, Ohio, were so moved by the Christmas Eve sermon that they did something incredible. Just watch this amazing video that showcases pieces from the pastor's touching speech. After the sermon about generosity, the congregation decided to bring his words to life. Together they took up an offering and then several dozen churchgoers drove to the local Waffle House. There were five women working at the, I can't even pronounce that, Wapapanikia restaurant, and you can tell that they were overcome with emotion at the scene. And when they finally realized that they would be splitting $3,500 in tip money, they were overjoyed. These waitresses weren't able to be with their family on Christmas Eve, so this gift meant so much to them, and it speaks volumes about this church and the congregation. What an amazing way to bring kindness of, of the life of Jesus and to spread his powerful message. Just wanted you to watch this short video about uh, what happened. We're going to show them God's love through extravagant generosity. Because that's what God did for us. We are going to go to Waffle House, folks. And we are gonna we're gonna rock their world. We are going to give them the biggest tip. I'm sure they have achieved in their life. So we collected an offering tonight, and we want to give you a big tip. Uh, 
them what, uh, what you're doing here. And so we raised $3,577. Now that's for you guys at this point, however you want to score. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you kidding us? <laughs> I love stories like that, where they just decided to, let's just go bless them. And who knows what their stories are, what those ladies' stories are, if they're working on Christmas Eve. But I want to tell you that that have, would have impacted their life. I don't know the follow-up of that, but I bet you some of those ladies show up at that church. Simply because someone cared about them. Simply because when they were generous... It brings hope, it brings faith that maybe God does care. That these people who represent Christ care about me and want to do this for me, that maybe God is watching over me. Maybe there's something more. Maybe they've been disheartened with church. Maybe they something had happened in their past or whatever it may be. But suddenly something like that changes everything. And when we hear stories, and you've got stories, and I've got stories, and Carol was sharing about her life today, when we share stories about what God has done, Though when we hear it, it brings hope. And then hope leads to faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. The good news about Christ, about what he has done, what he's able to do, about his love, about his kindness, about his goodness, about his power to heal, about his power to save, about his power to raise the dead, to do whatever is needed to be done. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. When we read the Word of God, the Bible, which, the, which it says in John, he is the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. It means that in creation, God was there with Jesus, who was called the Word. So when every time you read the Bible, you're reading what Jesus is saying to you. And when you hear the Word, faith comes from hearing. Faith is built up in your life. So hope leads to faith. Definition of faith. Uh, this is a... Um, Dictionary definition, it says complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It means trust, belief, confidence, conviction, credence, reliance or dependence. It's a trust in someone. A faith is a trust in God of what he can do. Hearing leads to hope and hope leads to faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1. I love the book of Hebrews chapter 11. If you haven't read uh, I'm going to read part of it to you. But if you haven't read Hebrews chapter 11, I encourage you, read it. Because it's all about faith. Verse 1 says this, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Hope leads to faith. We don't have hope unless we hear of what the good things God has done. So our hope leads to faith, shows the reality. Faith is the reality of what we're hoping for. You can be hoping for something secretly. I hope that happens or no one may know about it. I'd love that to happen. I hope that would happen. But, but faith is when it kind of comes out in the open. When people see you step out and start to do it or you, you tell someone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to believe for that. And they're like, really? 
That's what I'm hoping for. But your faith is when you step out and do it. You can sit there and hope for something and you can hope for years and years and years and years and do nothing about it. Or you can step out in faith and put your trust in God and believe that he will help you get through it and see it happen. So I want to read you. I've picked out a few verses out of, it's more than a few verses, but it's out of chapter 11 about faith. And I hope this encourages you because all these people in the Bible, we read about them, but they all had to have hope. They all had to have faith. They all had to see. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. By faith, it was faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God will give him as an inheritance. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child even though she was barren and too old. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. It was by faith that as Isaac promised blessing for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so the angel of death could not hear, uh, kill their firstborn. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephat, David, Samuel and all the prophets. By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put the whole armies to flight. When women received their loved ones back again from the dead, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They were placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were at and others their backs were cut open with whips others were chained in prisons some died by stoning some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats destitute and oppressed and mistreated they were too good for this world wandering over deserts and mountains hiding in caves and holes in the ground all earned a good reputation because of their faith faith the Bible says, the Bible says in that same scripture that it's impossible to please God without faith. When we hear of the good things God has done, hope comes. And hope leads to faith. And when you step into faith, you step in the realm of the impossible. That anything is possible. When Peter stepped out of the way, he's in the boat with Jesus, Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter says, Hey, Jesus, can I come and walk out there too? He had the idea, he thought, uh, I'll I, I give it a go. So he hoped he could do it. And he calls out to Jesus. Jesus says, you can come if you want. But the moment he stepped, he walked into faith. 
He had the hope that he could do it, but it wasn't hope that he walked on water. It was faith that walked that he walked on the water. And so he walks out, and the moment he took his eyes off Jesus, the one who he trusted in, who had faith, and he began to sink, and Jesus had to grab him by the arm and says, Why did you doubt? Why didn't you keep your faith? It was faith that got him out of the boat. He had hope he could do it, but faith got him out of the boat. We can hope for something, but faith faith reveals it. We can hope for something, but faith reveals it. Blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the road, has heard about Jesus time and time again. Couldn't go find him because he was blind, sitting in the same spot. Heard about Jesus, hoped that one day Jesus might walk by, hoped that Jesus might see him. And then he suddenly hears that Jesus is coming and walking by. So he hoped that he could heal, but that wasn't going to get him healed. So he starts calling out, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm blind, have mercy on me. He's yelling out, can you heal me, basically? Jesus, will you stop? And so faith caused him, you know, and people saying, be quiet. He's just not going to talk to you. He's got more important things to do. That's what they said. And so he yells louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he starts yelling out and Jesus stops. And they turn around, hey, he's calling you. He says, come to him. So people help him up and he throws away his coat and he walks up to Jesus and Jesus heals him. His hope turned to faith. He didn't care what people thought. He didn't care if people told him to be quiet. He just yelled even louder because faith caused him to believe. He believed that Jesus, he'd heard the stories. He had hope. He had faith that he could do it. And he has expected that if he got up and went to Jesus, he was going to be healed. And he was. You might be hoping for something. But you have to take a step of faith to see it happen. You can hope for something for many years, for a long time. But faith is what makes it happen. And then expectancy comes from faith. And it walks hand in hand with faith. Expectancy means this, the state of thinking or hoping for something, especially something good that will happen. And expectancy isn't like an expectancy, I'm hoping this is really bad. Hope that, I'm really expecting this to turn out really bad. And, you know, we don't like that kind of expectancy. It's talking about an expectancy in God that what, as I trust in Him, as I have faith in Him, that I'm expecting good's about to happen. That good things are about to happen. Expectancy goes hand in hand with faith. The moment you do something by faith, expectancy comes to life. The moment you step out in faith, expectancy comes to life. Out of the boat and his foot's about to hit the water and he says, I'm in total faith here. I'm either going to walk or sink, but I believe I'm going to walk and had an expectancy that he was going to walk and do exactly what Jesus was doing. Those people that ran from those towns and brought all the sick, they had such an expectancy because they'd heard all the stories. They'd seen a miracle. They'd heard about what Legion had said. They'd heard all this stuff and they said, if we just get into Jesus, we have an expectancy. We know they're going to be healed and are all healed. They're all healed. The only time when only a couple people were healed around Jesus when he went back to his own town. A couple people were healed. And the Bible says that they just took him for granted. Those, his, his relatives were there and different people. And they all they arrived and said, oh, that's just Jesus. I grew up with him. I know him. Just hanging out with him. And they, they had no faith. 
They just see he's just an ordinary guy. And the Bible says that Jesus could do little miracles there because of their lack of faith. Hearing leads to hope. Hope leads to faith. And faith leads to expectancy. Can I have the worship team come on up as we finish today? You know, imagine those people walking from those towns. Every step, every step was faith. Every step, carrying someone, whatever it was, you know, helping someone, putting the arm around them who's got a crutch or carrying them on a stretcher, leading someone who's blind. Every step was faith, saying, come on, it's not too far. I can see Jesus. You're about to get healed. He, all you need to do, if you just touch, you don't, just, I heard the story, if you just touch the hem of his garment, if you just get close enough, even if he doesn't lay a hand on you or whatever or speak to you, if you just touch him, he's going, he'll heal you. You'll be healed. And so they're like, okay, instantly, I can see. I can hear. I can walk. And they didn't need to be carried back. They didn't need to be stretched back. They didn't need to be led back because they're all healed. They all walked home. They all walked home different to how they went. And there's people in our city that as you tell them about the good things God is doing, as you lead them to church or lead them in your home or wherever it may be, that every step they'll go with an expectancy. They, they walk, you walk them into church, but they're going to leave different. They're going to walk into this place, but they're going to leave healed. They're going to walk into this place, but they're going to leave saved. They're going to leave set free. They're going to leave different to how they arrive because every step is a step of faith and expectancy but they need to hear of the good things God has done I just want to finish by reading uh, it's, a, it's written by a lady it's more of a prayer, devotional prayer and I want to just listen to these words a prayer to fear less and do more to fear less and do more but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Jeremiah 17, 7. Have you ever stood at the edge of a leap of faith? I've been stuck on the roof many times. With each peak over the edge, I've learned when I shift my gaze from what I face to the one who stands beside me, I gain the confidence to try. I may not know where God's taking me. I may not know what happens. Next, I may question whether or not I'll be safe. But as our key verse says, I, can't, I can count on the one who sends me. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. If you are standing at the edge today looking at cloudy waters below, turn your head. Your heavenly Father is right beside you. You may not know a lot of things, but if you know Him, that changes everything. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why don't you stand this morning in this place? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.